One of the things I'm fascinated about is societal norms. You know, had I have been born in a different time or a different place with, you know, a different religious background and structure in a different country, I would be me genetically, but my worldview, my opinions, my ideas, my goals, my beliefs, everything would be different. And, you know, the further away from my life now, either by space or by time or both, the more alien that person would become. There's certain norms and things that we just hold as true. And, you know, what, what, what I hold true as a norm will be different to you because obviously we all come from slightly different backgrounds. But, you know, the fact that you're listening to this in English and with the technology you've got in today's society and all of that sort of stuff suggests that we probably feel the same way. My views on social acceptance of what makes someone moral, of what makes certain actions right or wrong, all of those things are predicated on the society and the, the, the time and the place that I grew up in. If you put me in the Roman times or as a baby in the Mongol army back in the day or just about anything, a caveman, right? We're all the same genetic creature. So we can easily be shaped by our environment to suit. And it, and it sort of makes sense. Like uh, having, a, having a young son, it's really interesting to see him sort of looking at and learning what's right and what's wrong. He, he, his way of interpreting the world comes through modeling, modeling what I'm doing, modeling what his mum's doing, what, modeling what he sees people around him doing. I read a lot of books. I exercise a lot. I act and do and speak in certain ways. Very unsurprisingly, he's copying that. Apply that across society, and you've now got a society of people that hold similar views and values and yada, yada, yada. So when I take that concept and compare it to what I see you know, across history, it, it's, it's really fascinating to know that we would all be different. Things would be different based on that. And it's like, well, what would I become? And in my study of history, either through books or through podcasts or other resources like that, you, you get this idea that, that global events that are experienced by you know, everyone in a society leaves that society changed. Think post-World War I. Millions of people dying, millions of people coming home traumatized, millions of people that have gone from a life of calm, peace, and serenity to brutal killings. You know, World War One, World War Two. The you know, any war is sort of like this, right? It's it, it's taking people out of their norm and exposing them to depravity and you know, a range of human emotions that we're not quite used to experiencing in our normal life. Now, you take those same humans and you put them back in society and they've changed. Now, their change gets passed on to the people around them. They talk, they speak, they protest, they parent. They grow old. They, their, their, their impacts, what, what, whatever happened to them, permeates society. Take the Cold War and the, 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 the threat of nuclear war. At no time in human history up until, you know, mid-20th mid, mid 20th century has humanity have the power to make itself extinct. We still face that, that, that risk. 
that will change how we think about war and about conflict and about geopolitical things. We're being changed by that. Take September 11. Take the current pandemic, right? So what I've been sort of postulating or thinking about is what will the COVID-19 virus pandemic lockdown crisis look like? What will it actually do to societies and to individuals? Because, you know, all of those crises, like the the wars and all of that sort of stuff, it was experienced by the world, but it was on different sides, you know, us versus them. And it was, you know, unifying and terrible and all of the things that would have been that has led us to where we are now. But really, never before have we faced a human-wide crisis at a time where we've got the ability through technology to see every part of the world and to speak to every person in the world. You know, never before have we been so easily able to talk to someone in another country just by grabbing their words and chucking it through like Google Translate or something. So we're, we're facing this crisis across humanity. This shared trauma, this this shared event, the same thing happening to everyone, to the whole world, and we can talk about it with each other. We're not alone. There was a, there was a pandemic in you know, just towards the end of World War One. I, I think it was called the Spanish Flu that killed millions of people and young people, young healthy people. But the countries involved in the wars kept it under wraps because they didn't want the other side to know that they were impacted. So the, 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 the pandemic itself was far, far, far more deadly, but it wasn't really known until after the dust settled that the whole world was going through it at once. Obviously, that's a simplified version of history, but, but what, I'm, what I'm driving at is, is we're facing this as a collective species for the first time. And beyond that, all of the social distancing, all of the, the isolation and lockdown and, and you know, shortages and all of the things that we're all facing... That experience, too, is being shared by everyone. So, you know, I've, I've got a traumatic past with, you know, father that was an addict and a dealer and the dangerous people in my house, right? And I can connect and can relate to people that had a similar past. They'll speak. They'll be like, oh, I, my, you know, I, I, I can't remember my past or it just comes to me in flashes or I always feel a bit cagey. You know, all of these things that I can internally relate. And things that sort of are sort of life truths for me, or are like they're at least formed a part of my life truth. And we can we can relate and connect, and it's sort of like this instant bonding over shared trauma, over shared experience. You know, and I'm sure the same analogy, if you've had a child that's passed, or a parent that died young, or, you know, you've been in a car crash, or war, or whatever, whatever your trauma is, you can relate to other people with that trauma and connect with them, because they just get it. So I'm wondering that, considering we're all going through this, we've all been, you know, we're all isolated, we're all in lockdown, we're all impacted, we're all confused, we're all doing dealing with this same thing. Obviously, countries are different, you know, different responses and all of that sort of stuff. So it's not a perfect analogy here, but we're all going through this together. That means we're all sharing something, we're all sharing a bit of trauma here. That might make us actually, ironically, closer. Let's Let's dive deep into it. As a society, as an individual, we're we're being forced to stay at home. Our general structures are being taken away. So we can't, you know, we're sort of being taken away from our our normal life. And it's given us a sort of a forced detachment. We're forced to step back from our regular lives and sort of look at it and miss it. You know, 
there's many things in my life that I was doing that I'm like, I just want to, I just want to do it again. And I've got this feeling. Now you've got that feeling too, but not the same things I have necessarily, but we share that same loss and that same longing. It's a forced attachment. It's forced us to step back and go, hmm, look at my life. I really, I really miss that aspect. Even though at the time, you know, during it, it's just run of the mill. You know, like you don't, you don't think about it, but it's like the, the freedom of being able to catch up, go to a social club, see someone, go, you know, stand next to, touch someone, right? These little things that we didn't quite realize the value of until it's, until it's gone. It makes me think about, I used to work at a religious school, a Muslim school, and I was talking to one of the kids during Ramadan where they basically don't eat food or drink water through daylight hours. And we were just talking about it, talking about his experience, and he was saying that it really makes you value the small things. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, at the end of the day, when you drink that glass of water, when you break that fast, you really truly appreciate the value of a glass of water. And it just, it sort of like blindsided me. I'm like, oh my God, you are so right. I've never like looked at a glass of water with appreciation because it's just, you know, I just go to a tap drink, no factor. But because him and his, you know, social group, his whole community share that same experience, they've all got a level of connection and a value and a shared experience and a detachment from regular life. That Ramadan comes around once per month. So they're once per year, sorry. So they're sort of, able to step back and detach from, quote, regular life and sort of find value. And I feel like that's what's happening to all of us in our own unique ways. And I suppose similarly, we're like, we're able to, with our forced attachment, I feel like we're going to come back to our regular lives when this all dies down, when there's a cure, right? When there's a vaccine, whatever. And life goes back to normal. I'm not talking about like, you know, lockdown being released and then back on, back off, back on. When this is over, we will come back to our regular lives with the opportunity to look at it refreshed. Prior to this lockdown, I was training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu daily, basically, every day. And I needed it for my mental health, or at least I thought I needed it. But now that I can't do it, I've been forced to change my self-care because it's just not available. It's simply not available. So that's caused me to do and act and be a different person. So now if it was available, would I, will I train as much? Will I commit the same amount of time? Maybe, maybe not because I've filled that same space with other forms of self-care with reading, with weights training, with whatever. But the point is, is that this forced break has allowed me to look at my training and, and, and see what I like about it and what I don't like about it. See what I value and what I get from it and what I'm getting from, or I could get from other aspects. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm still going to train, but it might mean that I train less often, but with more vigor because I'll be doing other things in my life because I've got more and different and varied interests now because I've been forced to have it. So I'll still train, but it won't fit the same role. Now, if I apply that same logic that I'm going to come back to it and my, you know, my, my behavior will be different post this global event and apply that to everyone, if everyone is the same here in the sense of 
It's a shifting of values and beliefs and ideals and actions. The world's going to be completely different after this. Not necessarily like on the surface level, but the internal level. You know, like, like we're living through a historical event here. And after historical events, people change. So like I said, like, you know, like if you're, if you're born in a different time, different place, yada, yada, you act and think and behave differently. My son's three. So he will live basically his life in a post-corona world. That, that will just be his norm. There was some talk that, you know, the concept, I saw Joe Rogan's Instagram post. Anyway, basically, it was, a, it was a concept that handshaking might be a thing of the past. Right? Very small example. Trivial, really, sort of. The idea being that it's one of these, these remnants of a pre-pandemic world. When, when we, you know, come back from all of this, will handshaking return? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's, it sounds a little bit ridiculous when you think about it. I'm just going to touch someone's hand and touch someone else's hand and touch my face. And it's clearly spreading germs. And there's lots of little examples like this, but that, that's a very trivial, trivial example. What I'm more, more, more curious about it, you know, that, that aside, you know, we probably will still shake hands. Maybe we won't. I, I don't know. But, the, but the, point, the point isn't the practical little examples like that. It's the, the, the deep level stuff. It's, it's the how we feel about each other, the values we share, the things that we, that we care about and what we commit our time and, and, and energy towards. We've all had something taken from us. We're all sharing this same you know, lived, lived traumatic experience, which is the response to the, a global crisis, right? What does that do to us? What does that do to a species? What does that do to a person? I know that I'm going to come out of this whole situation different. I've, I can sort of feel it happening. I can feel myself settling down. And I'm, I'm sort of, about a year ago, I was sort of like looking at my, you know, back to the martial arts example, I was looking at my training and going, I'd love to have some time off. But I know myself and I know that like, you know, training and anything you do comes in peaks and troughs and plateaus and you just sort of push through it. So I did and I would. But I wanted to like be able to step back and sort of reevaluate and look at my life. It's, it's part of that like push for detachment. And now that this has come along, it's sort of, it's not a blessing. It's not the right word. It's, it's sort of like a silver lining on a dark cloud. I can't train. I'd love to be training. But now I can look at my life. Well, what, what is my life without this major component in it? Who am I when I take that part of me away? Hmm. Okay. Maybe these other little bits of me that I was sort of squashing due to time and focus and values, judgments, and all this stuff, maybe that can flourish. Another example. I I have a feeling that the 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 number and hours and time spent watching, you know, videos or or listening to podcasts or, you know, consuming art for a lack of a better expression is gonna rise because everyone's at home. Right? Would that mean that as a society we start to value artistic creation, self-exploration, all of that sort of stuff more. Maybe, right? I feel like some parts of society are going to come out of this worse because they struggle to be alone with their own thoughts with nothing to distract them every day, right? You know, people that work five, six days a week are now at home unemployed. What does that do to their mental state? What does that do to their mind? You know, once this is all over and they're back on, they've now had 
an extended period of time where they've not been able to do the thing that was distracting them from the the stress and the processes and the past trauma and all of the stuff going through their mind. That will be a form of massive group of society and that will also shape society. People will turn to drugs to inebriate themselves. You know, kids and partners of abusive people are now stuck with their abusers. That's going to change society. Those people are going to come out of that battered and broken. Organizations, corporations that have been forced to adapt and roll with the punches if they wanted to keep operating and now getting people to walk from, work from home, right? So that's going to stay because I can imagine a massive group of people being like, yeah, well, I was doing my job just as well, even if not better from home. Why do I need to come in again, right? The idea potentially of working remotely, working in solo pods for certain jobs, obviously, that will be a societal change. You know, it can even get to this sort of, what does it mean to be human level changes? When you step back enough and detach enough and have enough things taken away from the normal things, you start to question, what does it mean to even exist? What does it mean to be human? You know, a lot of people, potentially the more extroverted people, are really struggling because they can't see and interact and connect with people. So now they're questioning that. What does that global questioning do? And, you know, if, if you if you yourself get sick from coronavirus or someone you know gets sick or they pass, that loss, that impact, that shared trauma, that grief will become a part of the collective story and that too will change society. So obviously I'm just postulating here. I'm just thinking about this because it's something that we're all dealing with. Just yesterday, I it's Orthodox Easter. Um, and I went and visited my grandma, bought her some food and checked up on her, right? She's 88. And I put the mask on, put the gloves on, make sure I was fully sanitized, social distancing, the whole deal. It was the first time that I have seen her since this all began. And I can't get the look of just fear out of her eye, out of my, you know, fear in her eyes, out of my mind. She was looking at me terrified because she knows that, and she's been told watching the news, all this sort of stuff that for someone in her situation, her age, it's a death sentence. And just noting the, the, the dispositional change in her mind, in her mental state, in her living standards, she was very, for, for, for an old lady, she's very social, always having people over, going to a club, yada, yada. That's all gone now. And for her safety, it has to stay gone. At least until this is dealt with. What does that do? Now, obviously, she's impacted by it. I'm impacted by her impact. Like, there's, there's this whole thing. So, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's confronting. It's... It's definitely something, right? I don't know where this will lead. I don't know the the overall thing. I, I can't. It's it's like a sort of a, like a weird chance for humanity as a whole to step back and to connect over something. There's a lot of push from certain leaders and certain people in 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 the in the sort of online community, putting the blame, pushing blame, all of that sort of stuff. Us and their mentality, maybe. Maybe people and countries and leaders and things should have done certain things better and certain things certainly could have been handled better, right? But ultimately, for the people, 
the 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 people on the ground, the ones living it. We're all sharing the same experience. We're all rolling with his punches. We're all going with things. We're all experiencing new stuff. And that connects us. I can't help but feel that that connection, even though it's over something traumatic, even though it's over something imposing, would be potentially positive. There's, I don't know the... Yeah, I listen to I listen to and read a lot of books, but I can't, I sort of keep the gist rather than the general facts and the who's and what's. So anyway, at some stage during the the Cold War, there was the president of, of the United States and maybe the premier or one of the leaders of the Soviet Union came together. And we're talking about the conflicts, and one of them said to the other, basically, like, if aliens invaded, would you come to our aid? You know, if aliens invaded Earth, would you defend us? And the answer was yes. And it's sort of like they realized that they needed to have, or if there was an external force that was attacking them, the the, the idealistic differences between capitalism and communism and, you know, the, the threat of the Cold War and all of the sort of stuff, all of that stuff would be a minor concern compared to the threat of an alien invasion. Now... Obviously, we're not facing an alien invasion, but we are facing an invasion of a, you know, a kind, of, kind of like an alien invasion, right? Except it's 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 more intense that we can't see it, and it's sort of like we have to hide from it, and that's the best way to deal with it. But the point is, is that we're all dealing with it at the same time. We're all dealing, dealing with the same thing at the same time. It's bad, but perhaps the connection that we get from it will cause a change of course for humanity. Perhaps it will bring us closer, in a sense, even though right now we're isolated from each other. Maybe. If if you've liked this podcast, I would love you to do a couple of things. The first one is rate and review it. Wherever you're listening to it, just spend that 30 seconds right now. Give it that, you know, whatever stars you think it's worth. Write a little review. Let me know what you think because it helps me to improve and keep going and lets me know that you're out there and listening. So just... Chuck a quick review up wherever you're listening to it. If you're watching it on YouTube, click that like button. And if you think you know someone that would appreciate hearing this message, share it with them. Say, hey, got this got this interesting podcast for you to check out. Thought you might like it. Okay, so if you could, rate and review and share. Cheers. Cheers.